For most people that have no training at all in how to manage their attention, they don't even realize that they are almost always just lost in thought, right? They are bouncing around from one fear to one regret to one thing that made them feel guilty to something that they're really desiring that they don't have, uh, back to some TV show that's on, uh, another thought, oh, here she comes and that makes me really scared. And did I do the thing for my boss? And so many to-dos and you know, I could just like speed yeah. that up. And it's it's what yeah. so many of us are dealing with. And they have no idea. They think that that's reality, but none of that's in reality. It's all in their head. They're having yeah. all of these fantasies about the past. Because if you took a second to think about your past and we really did that like in a visualization, you would realize that you have no access to an actual past. You have to manufacture that in imagination somewhere, right? And if you go to the future, you've never really seen the future exactly. Hopefully some of the things that you shoot for happen, but they never happen in the exact same way. We don't actually see the future, we imagine it. Welcome to Captivate the Room with your host, internationally known voice expert, Tracy Goodwin, an award-winning speaker who has taught hundreds around the globe to make a big impact with their voice. This podcast is for anyone who wants to step onto a bigger stage, make a bigger impact, and have a voice that makes people listen. Presentation matters, and the voice is the missing link. Join in and you'll see why. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Goodwin, and I'm so glad to have you with me today as always. Thank you so much for your shares and your downloads and for being a subscriber. I love being on this voice journey with you. And I've got an incredible guest for you today. One of my favorite people to come on the show is back with us, Rob Scott. This will be Rob's third visit here on the show and got this new thing going. Rob is my first guest of the year, and I think it's a new tradition. That happened kind of accidentally last year. And then towards the end of the year, I thought, you know what? There is no better way to start the year off than with Rob Scott. So he's back with us today and I'm I'm honored as always to have him with us. Rob is the expert that helps people break through, change and literally evolve their consciousness. Rob goes beyond just mindset shifting. He shifts your very identity and honestly he's world class at this. Rob shifts people who think they'll never be a successful entrepreneur and turns them into massively successful entrepreneurs. He takes people who never think they'll have success and turns them into incredible success stories. He spent the last decade of his life working with hundreds of thousands of people, shifting their identities and showing them how to evolve their consciousness and get incredible results across all areas of their business, their health, their relationships, and their entire lives. Rob's personally been awake now for more than 20 years and has been helping others wake up for more than a decade. He's helped craft congressional testimony multiple times, which has led to national policy reform in America, has thousands of followers that he feels blessed to interact with, and is the coach other coaches come to in order to shift themselves. People who work with him have massive breakthroughs of more money, more health, more time, and quite simply, more happiness and fulfillment. I know once again, you're going to love 
love hearing everything Rob has to share with us today. So let's head on over to the show. Rob, welcome to the show. I'm so glad to have you back. I am so excited to be here with you. Yeah, it's fun to be back. I tell you, I love this little, this accidental cool thing we did where I kick off the year with you as my first guest. I love it. Yeah, I think that's that's very neat. You uh, you mentioned that to someone on my team, Sarah, and uh, it was it's really fun to think about it that way. So let's let's make this a habit. We could do this every year, you know. For sure, for yeah. sure. Well, you know, I, I accidentally did it last year, and then at the end of 2019, I was like, "Oh my gosh, what a cool way to start the year <laughs> yeah. with having Rob on the show as the first guest." I love it. So, well, tell me everything that's new. What's going on? Oh my gosh, uh, just a ton of stuff. You know, we've. Uh, I'm. I'm really trying to make this the year of community. I think one of the things that's missing in personal transformation is it's not just about individual coaching or therapy or anything like that. It's not just about new information. I mean, all of those are a part of it. But I think there's a real power in community. And so I ended up taking uh, a group that used to represent one of my free programs called Back to Breath. And, you know, we had uh, seven or 800 people in there, something like that. And I was like, I love Back to Breath, but it's sort of only a portion of what we're up to. So I wanted to rebrand that. And my company is called Fundamental Shift. So I wanted to make that the Fundamental Shift community. And, uh, you know, I don't spend a ton of time like working on the words in the marketing. We do think about that a little bit, but I, I wanted to think about like, well, what is this group for? And so we've really just named it, you know, it's a, it's a community for conscious humans. It's people who want to come in and work on what's going on between their ears and how can they run that a little bit better. And so I offer free coaching calls to people that are in that group. You know, it's just a free community. Um, but I offer, I offer free coaching calls in there. I, you know, want to, want to be doing a bunch more lives and, uh, we do have some free programs that people can get access through that. You know, it's easier to find it uh, through there. And it's also going to be the community where uh, I'm, I have a couple of group programs that are, that are paid programs. I want to support those members in that community as well. So it's going to be a mashup of people going through my programs and people that are just there for the free stuff. And so anyway, very long-winded answer, but I, I'm trying to focus on community and really connecting in with uh, just sharing this with more people, you know, and, and having the people support each other as well. And and so I'm super interested in that. All right. So that's incredible. You're doing coaching. This is, and now this is a program, this is a group that anybody can join and you're doing lives and things in there. I am. It's a, so it's just, it's a Facebook community. It's funny. I was trying to pick the platform. I mean, you could use Slack or there's, there's these other platforms and, yeah, whether people personally like Facebook or not, it they do have a really robust uh, ability to just create groups where people can really communicate. You can run events, you can do watch parties. We can add documents in there. We can put links out. I'm going to be building bots uh, that help support people go through my program. So you know, we spoke about back to breath, or I spoke about back to breath a moment ago. You know, that's a seven day mindfulness challenge, and each day there's a little bit of content. You know. Uh, Say a seven to ten minute audio for me that's telling you what to do and you know how to how to do the mindfulness stuff. It'd be really neat to have a bot that does that. And so anyway, the the Facebook space, as much as I might enjoy Instagram or Twitter or some other places to be, you know, TikTok today, whatever. 
it, for community and, and just having the tools and the platform there for us to use for free, uh, Facebook's a great one. So yeah, if anybody's interested, please just come in and check it out. It's the Fundamental Shift community group. And uh, yeah. I bet there's a link we can put in the show notes for that. For sure. Where yeah, people absolutely. could join. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be great. So, you know, I did that back to breath. We've talked about the back to the breath, yeah. back to breath challenge before. Mm-hmm. Now, are you still going to run that? Or yes. is it yeah, with, is it going to be totally. within this? Okay. Yes. So within so this I'm gonna, group. I'm going to absolutely uh, still be giving that away, still be running it in there. We're going to uh, probably give that more focus. And uh, I'm putting together a really cool free training as well, which is, it's just a great entry point into all of this work, right? There is, uh, I think one of the things that might be slightly different about me is that there is, there is this foundational quality of the mind that if you have it, the two things that everybody wants become possible. So I, it, you know, I think if we oversimplify everything, people want to be happy in their being in all the ways that we can think of that. So, you know, just emotional mastery, feeling proud, feeling excited, feeling all these things. Let's wrap that up and just call it being happy, right? Feeling fulfilled. We want that for sure. And then in our doing, we'd like to be productive. We'd like to be effective. And when something matters, we can set a goal and get to it, right? So one of those is very present in time. It's being, it's in this moment. I want to feel this way. And then across time, we want to do effectively, right? We don't want to procrastinate or feel overwhelmed or not be able to manage our time or all that stuff. And at the core of that is a function of our attention, whether we can manage our attention in a certain way or not. And if you start there, you can get these tremendous, uh, tremendously large improvements in your quality of fulfillment and happiness and your own emotional mastery. And then you, it's also what we need to be able to focus in being effective in the world and just deciding what matters and knowing how to set up a plan and then follow through and do it. So mastering being and doing has always been really interesting to me. So I'm just, I want to, I'm going to create this training soon. I mean, it's, it's coming out very soon where that's free and I want to just give that away to the world and then give this community away for free also so that we're building a community that at least knows that. And then I don't know if you want me to keep talking about you asked me what's up. So the, the other things that are up are the two paid things that I do. And one is going to be simply called Fundamental Shift Coaching, which is a very low price monthly fee to get all of my digital programs and monthly coaching with a group. So you know the focus there is, again, being and doing. All of the tools that I have that help people in being and doing are you know, in that course and uh, you get access to me. We set up a really clear, simplified kind of focus for the month. And, uh, you know, each month you're accomplishing a big goal. You're working on uh, one of my programs is Hacking Happy. You could be doing Recode Your Mind. You could be doing, uh, I have a program called Future Now. Uh, all, All of those things are in there and you also get the community. So it's, it's just really, really powerful. And then the deepest work that I do Something that's coming up, we're doing it in early February, is, uh, and we've talked about it before, the Identity Shifting Mastermind. And so those are all the things. When you say what's up, that's, the, that's what's up right now. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So let me just stop for a minute and say to my people, you cannot miss this. You, you, you know, I tell you to go ch- do things and check out things and listen to things, and, but this, 
this will change your life. And the fact that, first of all, okay, if you can't afford it, you can get in this free program. That's just <laughs> blows my mind yeah. and access to you. But I have to be, I just have to totally be honest. I saw, I, of course, I'm on Rob's email list. I could probably be the president of his fan club. <laughs> and, and the email came across about the membership and I went, what? Well, I mean, I think I was probably, you know, before nightfall had signed up because it's access to all of your programs. Yeah. And yeah. it and and I went to the first call. We just started in January, yep. right? Yep. That was the, yep. the very first call. Yeah. And when he says access to him, it's not, I mean, it's for real. Yeah. Like he is literally in there coaching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not 4,000 people in there. Mm-hmm. It, uh, you know, it's, it's, it is so amazing. I just honestly can't get over this gift that you've yeah. given the world. And I just have to highly emphasize this is your opportunity to change your life mm-hmm. because that is literally, and, and Rob, you and I were talking about it before we started recording, the people don't even realize how quickly and easily they can change their life exponentially with this yes. work, right? Yes. It's, it's shocking. I mean, it really is a fundamental shift, right? It's, it's this thing where I call it like we're trying to deal with the human condition, right? Most of humanity is still dealing with a lot of uh, reactive survival techniques that really limit us. And it's, to a great degree, they're no longer relevant. We have overcome many of those survival challenges, and yet still these things get, uh, they become forefront and they, they become triggers for us. And there's, you know, zero training for our young people, uh, all of us that are adults now. We never got trained on how to feel and how to think and, and the stuff. And so what I've put together is a set of tools that really demystifies what's going on so that your limits very quickly seem ridiculous to you, right? So it's not just that you get free of them. You go, oh, that was, that was absurd. Like what was it? The, the biggest, scariest, worst thing that's been persistent since you were little, I promise we can make that ridiculous. And to the point where you've evolved so profoundly that it, it doesn't feel like you anymore. So quite often, uh, and as we talk every year, you know, I hope we end up repeating ourselves, right? Because oh, for sure. Uh, but what's really funny is when I do this work and uh, in the coaching calls, we'll be recording it. I will get to something and two weeks later, someone will say something acting as though they never had the issue that was going on before. And I will play the recording and go, do you remember <sighs> this? And they look at it like, I can't even believe that was me. Right now, I don't want to misrepresent this and think it's not like you uh, have amnesia or you know we're we're hypnotizing you in some creepy way. It's it's none of that stuff. It's just literally like you don't identify with that way of being anymore. And there happens to be a cognitive bias where when we take on a new way of being, we sort of like to think that we just always were that way. That we've just kind of uncovered more of a truth of ourselves. So we miss how bad it was. Like that's the level of transformation that is available to everyone. And now some people are suffering more than others. You know, I'm really motivated to help the people that are just, uh, I think you said it before we started recording, banging their head against the wall repeatedly, right? There's some people where when I look at it, I just see that they are constantly their own 
worst enemy rather than mm-hmm. their own, uh, you know, fan and confidant, et cetera. And they're just self-sabotaging or, or procrastinating or suffering or in addiction. Uh, all those mm-hmm. things, uh, I really want to go over and just go, whoa, 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 whoa. It can be different. Hold on. Yeah. It's, there's, there's some moves here. So, you know, we are trying to make that as accessible financially. I'm constantly working to try to find the teaching methods and the stories that make it really simple and doable. And I mean, down to the level where I realize that people, because our attention is starting to dwindle, which is part of the issue, if I give you hour-long trainings, it's going to be, it's going, there's not enough time for it, or it's going to be really hard to focus on that. So I'm breaking down things into nuggets of like six and seven minutes. Uh, and I'm also choosing audio so that you can do it while you drive to work or, you know, there's, there's, yeah. I'm just trying to consider all the ways that I can take the human brain and get this new information in there so that it takes hold and you are forever changed. And once we do that, and I'm just, there's nothing that makes me happier than when I see a client just look at me and go, you know, wow, I'm, I'm not at all uh, how yeah. I was. I've really changed, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I certainly feel that way when I transform voices. Yes. Right. You know, it's like, you don't even sound the same. I'm like, mm-hmm. I have to go back and listen to that first recording because what happened here? Right. Yeah. And this can be very quickly, but it made me, as you were saying that it made me think about in my work, it's all very much about changing a habit, a voice habit that was put in before you were five yeah. and people will get locked up in, this is really hard. Mm-hmm. Do you do you see that as a block for people to want to change to do the work to change their mind a perception that ooh that's got to be hard Yeah I mean uh, if you that's going to become much more true for you if that's where your focus is and what's going on mm-hmm. uh, one of the things that I'm trying to get people to understand is that their attention is a place Now that might sound weird so I'll say it again your attention is a place. And what I mean by that is you could take a moment and imagine when you were 10 years old and your brain would go through, you know, some form of creating, you know, what, what did the grass look like? What did that person say to me? What's what happened then? And you may get a mashup of things that did or didn't happen. You might be a little bit overly, you know, our memories aren't actual fantastic recorders of things. We do our best. But if you're doing that, we could say that your attention is in the past, right? That's where because it's not in the room in the same way. It's now in the past. We could imagine the future and try to think about where we'd like to be in a year. Sadly, most people are thinking what they're dreading happening in the future. So it's not a positive creation of the future. It's actually some fear. But I would say that your attention could be in the future if if that's what you're doing. Your attention could uh, be in your left foot, right? You could move your attention to what your left foot feels like. Uh, If we do meditate and focus on the breath, you move your attention to where your breath is. So for most people that have no training at all in how to manage their attention, they don't even realize that they are almost always just lost in thought, right? They are bouncing around from one fear to one regret to one thing that made them feel guilty to something that they're really desiring that they don't have uh, back to some TV show that's on. Uh, another thought, oh, here she comes, and that makes me really scared. And did I do the thing for my boss? And so many to dos, and you know, I could just like speed yeah. that up. And it's it's what yeah. so many of us are dealing with, and they have no idea. They think that that's reality, but none of that's in reality. It's all in their head. They're having yeah. all of these fantasies about the past. Because if you took a second to think about your past, 
and we really did that like in a visualization, you would realize that you have no access to an actual past. You have to manufacture that in imagination somewhere, right? And if you go to the future, you've never really seen the future exactly. Hopefully some of the things that you shoot for happen, but they never happen in the exact same way. We don't actually see the future. We imagine it, right? So all of thought is an imagination. All of the past is an imagination. All of the future is an imagination. And so of these many places that our attention can be, there's really only two domains that matter. Our attention can either be in thought and imagination, right? Or it can be in the present, somewhere in our body, somewhere in sensation. We can be really smelling something. We can be really feeling something. We can be really doing whatever. It's Both these domains matter. They're really important. But if all we're doing is being lost in thought, that tends to lead to a ton of suffering. It leads to a ton of feeling overwhelmed. It leads to uh, being ineffective. It leads to addiction. It leads to um, a, a ton of dysfunction and suffering and unhappiness. The reason for that is that joy and happiness and all those things actually live right here in the moment. They, they, you, can't, you can't think about joy. You have to actually experience joy, right? It's actually a feeling. It's something that happens here. And so if our brain is getting patterned, quite literally, to not be here, to just be in thought, you know, uh, it is losing its ability. The ability to feel joy and be happy starts to atrophy. Also, if we don't know how to manage our attention within thought, we don't have the ability to focus on something that matters in the thinking space and keep it there. So we, we start talking about people who are losing their ability to focus and be productive, and it's overwhelming, and there's too many task lists, and how do I manage all this? That sense of overwhelm comes up because we're, again, not good at managing where our attention is. So there's some shortcut moves to discover what your attention really is how it moves through all these different places and how we can gain some mastery to ground it back and not be lost in thought, but rather instead use our mind really effectively to manufacture emotions that we like, confidence, well-being, happiness, joy, et cetera, like on command. And then when it is time to think and use our mind, instead of it using us and us being lost in it, we can use our mind like a tool place our incredibly powerful brains on something that matters, like the taxes you might need to do or some business project or some new book you want to write or whatever, and actually find real attention and focus in that when we gain some mastery of our attention. Wow. And that's life-changing. It's incredibly life-changing. Profound. Yeah. It's the whole game. It's, it's the whole much, game. Yeah it's, yeah. it's it's certainly the beginning of the whole game, right? So yeah. Uh, it, because if you don't have that, it's the worst example of not having that is insanity. Yeah. Right. So when it's really bad and you can't manage your attention at all, you're hearing voices. There's this imagination. This is going on. You know, that's when we actually strap you down to a table because you're not well. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and if you get, you know, think about what depression is. Depression is quite often rumination, right? We're just mm. we're ruminating about stuff. We're, yeah. we're captured in some sadness that we can't get out of. We can't make a new meaning for ourselves that's inspiring at all. We can only see these really depressing things. And by the way, there are facts about how depressives tend to think, and they're not necessarily more delusional. They actually just have a really hard time dealing with sad, true facts, right? The fact that we die, the fact that yeah. war happens, right? Whatever these things are that cause depression. So I don't want to call that a delusion at all. 
but they've lost the ability to make a meaning that can make them actually feel differently, right? And some, something's going on there. So rumination, all these things. So as we lose the ability to manage our attention, yeah, the worst case of that is full out insanity. Uh, someplace backed up maybe from full insanity where you can still function as a, as a human adult, uh, there's so much levels of different suffering and dysfunction in that, right? Where our health doesn't work for us where our relationships don't work for us, where our money doesn't work for us. Those domains are all affected by, uh, do I have mastery of my own consciousness and how I'm you know, placing my attention? I wanna, I've got some questions around that suffering, but I want to ask one other thing. I'm going to go down that trail in just a minute, but I, I want to ask you this because I'm curious, as you were talking about joy and happiness, and it almost made me think, do we get so far away from the feeling of joy that when we experience it, it's so uncomfortable, we have to get rid of it? <laughs> I, I mean, love it's, that. I love that. I think that. I think that we, so there is absolutely a way to grow your ability to accept more joy. Uh, there are absolute psychological reasons where if we don't feel we deserve joy, it can be really disturbing to us to, to feel good. And we end up self-sabotaging so that we can psychologically get back yeah. to where we feel like we deserve to be. Yeah. Uh, so there's absolutely some truth in what you're saying there. I also think that if we're not really dealing with that much difficulty, if we're just more kind of the average human being, I think that we all know what it is to feel joy. But here's what happens. Let's say that I'm out with friends. And I love this example. I use it a lot. We're out with friends and we have a really beautiful moment. Like one of our friends is just hilarious. The whole group is laughing. We don't always get with these people. And we, in that moment, we just, we, we take a second to ourselves to realize like how full of joy we are in that moment. What most people do right there, what most normal, certainly untrained mind would do is go, how do I make this happen again? And so all of a sudden that's the friend that immediately pipes in and goes, guys, we don't do this enough. We need to schedule this. When can we meet, right? What it does, can we, should we do this monthly? Is it quarterly, whatever? And what's happened is now we're into planning and thinking and everything. We've all left the actual joy that was there a moment ago. The joy got avoided because we didn't know how to just be present with it and experience it because thoughts, we're not in control of our thinking. So just another thought came up. How do I capture this? What do we do? Hey, we got we to gotta do this all the time. And what happens is, is that desire to make it happen all the time actually takes it away from where it is actually happening, which is this moment right now, right? So it was occurring. We left the occurrence of it to see if we could control it and get it to happen again in the future. But there really, there really is no future, actually, right? Yeah. There's, there's just one continuous now that's kind of unfolding for us. And so if we don't have the ability to be in that now, we don't have the ability to really soak up all the joy that is available to us. Um, and I always tell a Teet Nhat Hanh story also that, that goes with this. Teet Nhat Hanh, there's a story talking about how he would eat like a wedge of an orange. He would sit with like one wedge of an orange in uh, you know, a front yard somewhere, put that in and like each nodule, you know, just slowly let the orange flavor open up so that he's experienced, he can experience like one wedge of an orange for half an hour. Right, just all the sensation that comes with that really present, you know, amazingly trained and knows how to do it. He can stay right there. How do how do most of us eat an orange? 
right? It's real fast. Nom, right. nom, nom, nom. Yeah. Maybe I want another one immediately. Right. right? Like, right. It, it, or that was great. Or I just, I miss it. And so mm. who's more wealthy, right? Yeah. Is it the one who is, is missing all the joy? I'm not saying you have to take a half an hour to eat a wedge of an orange, but right. the capability to notice how much more is already happening and is already there. Where does our joy really come from? Right. Yeah. I like to say that we have a we have a happiness blueprint that is inaccurate. Right. And we we think that happiness is outside of ourselves, but happiness is actually manufactured by us. And when you can flip this around, all of a sudden you can realize that happiness can come first, regardless of circumstance. And when you have that, now whether you make the money or not, you're happy. Uh by the way, a better version of you shows up because if you go into work happy every day, do you think people are going to like you more, trust you more, want to be around you more? If you go in angry, uh, you know, uh, afraid, anxious, you know, how, how do you think that's going to work out? Like a better version of you shows up. And I would suggest that you will actually be more productive and successful as a happy person first, right? What most of us are looking for is I don't feel happy, so I need all these things to be happy. And so we get them. They work for a little while, which trains us, oh, I guess I must have to keep doing this. Now we're on a treadmill of time and we end up with a self-story of, I'm not there yet. I'm just yeah. not there yet. Yeah. Right? Because there's some there that I've imagined when I have a better relationship. If I get the better relationship, all of a sudden I need a new car. If I get the new car, all of a sudden I need a new job or career. Something falls away because we've actually trained in that this isn't the right place to be. Yeah. I'm not there yet. I don't, I'm not funny enough or good looking enough or I don't have the right friends or whatever that is. And that's the greatest lie ever told. Because again, there is no there. Yeah. There's nowhere to get to. That where we actually have to get to is we have to get here fulfilled, happy, okay. Like this is the location where we actually need to arrive. Because if you're ever going to be happy, it has to happen in the now, yeah. right? If we're not capable of that, we've literally let that portion of our brain atrophy. When the most fantastic things happen, we end up still going, oh, that's great. It might feel kind of good in a second, but it doesn't persist. And all of a sudden, we're, we're still focused on this future thing, the treadmill of time, right? Yeah. Still just not there. And so I'm running, running, running to get somewhere that doesn't exist because I can't be here with it, right? That A really um, cliched example of that is the uber successful overweight, balding, really angry, stressed out yeah. business guy who has all the money. He wins all the business deals. He gets everything he wants. But when you really look at him, he's still not satisfied because yeah. he's not there yet, whatever that means. right? But he's got the millions. He's got the beautiful wife and house and kids. And he's still uh, you know, not connected to joy in any real way. Yeah, that is so powerful. I just have to stop for a minute because I've been a victim of that, yeah. you know, uh, when, and, and for me, it was when I prove I'm worthy enough, mm -hmm. you know, it wasn't necessarily when I have the house, when I have the car, when I have the millions, but it was more about chasing gold stars, yeah. you with know, when I'm good who, enough. By the way, with What's, prove to who? Prove to who? Well, exactly. Right. There, yeah, there you go. Prove it. There you Somebody go. Somebody else is judging it. That's right. You know? Can That's right. Taken away from you. So, you know, if the thing can be taken away from you, it's not real happiness. It's not real right. joy, right? right. If, you're, if your happiness comes from your car, and I'm not saying there's no joy in owning a nice car. Sure. That's, that's there. You can be, that's a, that's a factor of it for sure. But if that's where you're really sourcing it and it can be taken away from you, it's not a real thing anyway. 
Yeah. Right. What I'm talking about is real, true joy and fulfillment. Uh, it doesn't mean you're never going to have a bad day. It doesn't mean you're not right. human. It doesn't mean right. that suffering, you know, I was sharing with you, uh, my life was incredibly chaotic through 18 and 19. I had a lot of personal things going on that were difficult. However, the way I showed up for them is totally different than how I would have, you know, 25 years ago. Yeah. Right? It's just a whole different version of me that's more resilient and capable. And even though life is going badly, quote unquote, I can still find that piece of music or that, you know, the right. stuff that's just uh, stunning, you know, yeah. stunning, no matter what's going on. Well, and what's so profound, I mean, all of that was amazing, but what really it jumped out to me, which is so profound in this, is you said, you'll miss it. Mm. Yeah. You'll miss it. Yeah. And then you look back on your life and you missed it. Yeah. Go back to those friends in the, in the bar you know? having a great time, right? If you're doing all this planning stuff, Maybe it worked perfectly. Maybe it didn't. You're into the cab and now you're trying to figure out like what's the perfect way to get home. And there's all, you're just in thought, right? Thinking, thinking, thinking. Think instead about being the kind of person that can really sit in the joy, not yeah. attached to it, just receiving it. Let that be much longer. So that moment doesn't get squashed by your impulse or your friend's impulse to try to plan it and capture it and make it a thing. You realize that every moment can be really joyful. And then you leave, you never schedule another thing with them because maybe that'll happen organically or not, but you get in the cab and then you have this beautiful experience with a cab driver, which because you're present there and you're not yeah. trying to get anywhere else. And all of a sudden you're feeling what's arising in that moment in consciousness and you know how to make that incredibly joyful. So that's really rich. Then you get out and you pass a homeless person and that's an incredible exchange. And then you're unlocking your house and quite literally like the act of unlocking your door yeah. is is one of just beauty and gratitude and you walk in there and so now we're talking about like what it is to really be much more enlightened right where like every step on the ground can be this beautiful expression of you know joy and fulfillment you know that, that maybe everybody just pushed stop and was like you know what is this guy talking about i don't know what's going on there i, I i'm not selling permanent enlightenment or anything like that i'm no. just saying that we can at times express closer and closer to that and as we learn these things in huge measures, we can make that way of being much more available to us. And it doesn't come with any woo-woo spirituality. It's literally a quality of the mind of whether yeah. you can... Um, it starts, as I said, with managing your attention in a certain way. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's releasing that need to control the outcome. Mm. And you know, I, get, I do that in voice all day long because when yeah. people are in the past and the future, their voice is different. You yes. have no voice power unless you're in the now. And right. what you're sitting here is you have no power, period. Yeah, yeah. If you're have not you, in the have now. Have we talked about what suffering is? No, I want to, have I talked about yeah, suffering? Yeah, but no, have we? And no, I want it. That's where I want to go next. Yeah, I want to, okay. I want to go to suffering because when you were talking about suffering a minute ago, it, I thought about trauma and, mm -hmm. I, and, and addiction. And because I know that all of that is linked in many, many ways. And so I, I think when people hear the word trauma, they often think of this massive thing. Yeah. But I'm curious, aren't there little traumas? Aren't oh, there... Yeah. Like the time, you know, something that you, you know, somebody might even think is ridiculous. It's so small, but it was traumatic to me. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. hundred percent. That is a completely subjective experience. And we all, you know, none of us are getting out of here without our own bumps and bruises. And, you know, you can hear horrendous trauma that's frightening yeah. to even listen to. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that your life 
isn't, you know, a, a whole lot for you to deal with. Even if you have all these advantages and money and security and safety, you can still be really worried what that neighbor down the street is thinking about you or whatever. And when you hear that they've called you out at the PTA meeting, it can be shockingly embarrassing, which is traumatic to you, right? Yeah. It, can, it can absolutely be traumatic. So yeah, we all have different levels of it happen to us, but we all are experiencing those tough moments. You know, you're, you're in middle school and somebody says you look fat and you're embarrassed in front of your class. That can be traumatic. I mean, it can, yeah. it can set a way of being uh, uh, to suffer for the rest of your life if you, if you pattern that in uh, in a certain way. Wow. So yeah, I mean, I literally work with adult women clients who you know, we find that it's rooted back to this one time when Timmy in eighth grade, yeah. you know, it grabbed her fat love handle that she didn't even know she had because she'd never thought about it before, pointed and laughed and she was embarrassed and it gave her uh, food issues for the rest of her life, wow. you know? So these things are incredibly common and we've all got the things that happened to us. And some of us had uh, better parenting that helped us navigate that. Some of us have found therapy along the way that helped us navigate and change the meaning of things and understand it. But many of us are still just carrying things that are unconscious to us that we don't even see. And it, it uh, can cause a lot of suffering. And are we addicted to suffering in a way? Well, I love it. It's, I, we were just at a podcast uh, on, on my show where we were talking about kind of victim culture oh, and how there's, how there's sort of a side payment to being a victim, right? So back yeah. when I was, uh, you know, I had a lot happen to me. I, I, in my young adult life, I got a lot of play out of sharing with people how tough my life had been, right? I get to share this big victim story and I got a whole lot of attention from women. I got guys that were, oh, you must be really tough. You know, it, it, in my identity, it, it made me, it had payoffs to it. Um, procrastination has huge payoffs, right? There's, there's, yeah we love avoiding things because in the moment it feels much better to do this other thing. And so, yeah, we're, there's always this uh, kind of payoff there. So um, we can get set up where suffering or forms of suffering can be really attractive to us because it's a way to love or it's a way to get attention or, you know, there, there's a lot of reasons for that. Uh, we've also all probably heard of masochists where we quite literally enjoy pain, right? Yeah. So there can be wiring that gets, set up uh, to do that. I think for most people, we don't want to suffer, right? Uh, so while there are examples of that, I don't think that we're consciously trying to suffer very often. I'm not saying that never happens, but I don't think that's very often. And let me just put a definition on it that might simplify it down for people. Suffering is the act of resisting what is. So in this moment, things are happening to you. In any moment, things are happening to you. And to the degree that you psychologically resist the reality of what is going on, you will begin to suffer. So desire falls into that category. Now, some of us really think we love desiring things, but when you really want something that you don't have, there's a craving that's, that's forced there. That's a, that's a form of suffering. I often use the example of getting punched in the arm. The one person can interpret that pain. I'm not saying the pain goes away, but the suffering can go away immediately if we change our relationship to what the sensation means to us. So remember, I told you that there's two places our attention can be. It can be in thoughts or it can be in sensation. If somebody punches me in the arm, I will have a sensation, right? Unless I have nerve damage or something. I mean, it would be very normal for me to have pain and some sensation. The suffering is where my mind goes automatically into resisting 
and saying how horrible that is. I wish that hadn't happened. Whereas a more enlightened person may just actually be curious about the sensation. What is the throbbing? What does this feel like? We might imagine a Marine to be trained to be much more durable, where if you'd hit him when he was 15, he would, oh no. But like after his training, he becomes, I can take whatever, punch me. He just has a whole different reality to how he's experiencing physical pain, emotional pain, right? To the degree that our story is, this shouldn't happen to me. This is horrible. It's going to lead to so much suffering. Okay. So pain is real. Pain is an incredible teacher. I'm not saying we need to get rid of pain. But to an enormous degree, suffering is optional. And so the, that process of us being able to be with what is. And so a, a really concrete example of that is somebody punches you in the arm. And I hope not many people are dealing with it. <laughs> right. I, may, I may need to come up with a better example. But, just, <laughs> you know, but you get punched in the arm or whatever that is emotionally to you. Like something has happened that's, that's really not your favorite. See if you can actually go into, instead of the thoughts about it, the physical sensation of it. Okay. So literally go into being curious about without judgment, just what does my arm feel like? What does this anxiety feel like? Okay. Because honestly, if we, if we break down what anxiety is in mental terms, it's scattered thinking, it's all this different stuff in physical terms. It's not that different from excitement. Actually, it's like a tingling in the chest might be a little heat. Uh, It may change your breathing pattern a little bit. If you can make all of that okay and just be with what is, you will almost always watch the anxiety dissipate and fall away because what's actually fueling it is the connection between the thought and the physical sensation that makes the emotion in the middle right come up. So it's the way that we're thinking about, oh, I'm not supposed to be anxious and now I have to go out and give this talk and what if they think this about me and what is going on there? So if you bring, if you move your attention from those thoughts, you notice, oh, wow, I'm lost in thought right now. What does my chest feel like? You will watch your whole situation calm down because you can't have the emotion without the thought and the physical thing going on. It's the combination of the two that makes the emotion. And is that that split second where you don't stop along with that resistance to the pain or the resistance to whatever and that desire for attention, do all those things play into why we are so reactionary versus responding to people? Because yeah. I, you know, I, I see it in LA on the, I mean, on the freeway, it's just a war zone yeah. because everybody's just reacting, reacting, reacting. And I yeah. see it everywhere. And yeah. I think it's everywhere. I don't think it's just here, but do all those things play into that Because it seems to me like responding is so much more powerful than reacting. Sure. So your reaction is a response. Let's be careful with our words, right? There's overlap between these two things. So what I think you're talking about is consciously responding. Yes. Instead of unconsciously reacting. Yes. Right? Yes. So so if it's unconscious to you, you're going to have a reaction. Like you're truly not in control of that. So somebody who's slipped into road rage, you know, we don't want to... Uh, take away their agency. You know, they don't just get a free pass to do whatever they want because they can't control themselves. Like we're still going to hold them accountable to it. But to a very reasonable degree, uh, we just react. You know, if you punch me in the arm, my first reaction to that might be like, what do you do? You know, I might yeah. feel fear and do all these things. I'm not consciously in control of all that. Now, why do I know that? Because I still, as much work as I do on getting to the unconscious, do that, there's still tons that's in my unconscious, right? Yeah. I don't consciously beat my heart. 
Uh, my body is going to do its own thing to protect itself. Uh, if you've turned around and there's a train barreling at you, your body will literally jump before your conscious mind can even deal with it. There are just very quick unconscious responses that happen, right? So we'll call them reactions as you're calling them. So we may react. Now, to what degree can we change that? To an enormous degree, all right? Number one, we can become more conscious so that reaction across all kinds of levels can go away. More than that, though, what we can do 100% of the time is what do you do once you've reacted, right? Your first, hey, man, what are you doing? Reaction. What if you just stopped there, took a breath, and gained control as soon as you noticed it, as soon as it became conscious? The reaction might have been unconscious. But now you're conscious of it. What are you going to do with it now? There, we can 100% give you tools to change. As we do that, you'll become less reactionary because you'll become more in control of things. As you gain more access to what's going on in your unconscious mind, uh, you will get many of these triggers to just dissipate and go away, literally recode them. All right. And so that's what we can do. But I want to honor that we will still potentially have unconscious reactions, right? If you flinch at me, I'm going to blink. Right? That's just a survival thing to protect my sight that I'm not in control of. Now, could a meditative master get to a place where he never blinks if people flinch at him? Maybe, but like, who cares? Right? That's, not, that's not really the point. Um, so what we're trying to do is we're trying to bring our response to reaction uh, to a new level of mastery. Right? Uh, here, here's another way to think about it. An enlightened person goes to dinner with a drunk person, okay? And then somebody very weird sits next to them, okay, at a table next to them. And by weird, I just mean crazy hair, weird outfit, maybe they smell, like I don't know what's going on, but it's just, it's craziness. The drunk person doesn't have the capacity, right? It's like a, it's like a second kind of brain that can actually stop the impulse of talking about it right? The, the drunk person might be like, look at this guy over here. Do you see this? And like, you, just because there's a reaction to what's going on, there's information coming in and there's very little control about what to do with that reaction. Okay. So you might watch a drunk person just endlessly narrate, be inappropriate, be <laughs> right. over boundaries, right? So could you imagine that? Yeah, for sure. The enlightened person, you imagine an enlightened person, sees everything that the drunk person sees. It's not that there's that smell doesn't get to them and the crazy hair isn't there and all that stuff. But there's a whole separate level of like, what do I do with the information that's coming in? The drunk person can't hold his reaction. It's just impulse. Uh, An untrained mind that's dealing with road rage can't manage its response to some degree, right? There's, There's this level where we've been triggered, which is brain one has gotten triggered. Now, what does brain two do with that, right? Can brain two have the mastery to do something with that? And somebody who's enlightened can be completely content to notice that person. They may even have a ton of opinions, but they don't have to react to it at all. They can stay silent or they may speak to it or whatever, but there's so much more control uh, once that information and that reaction has come in. They don't have to respond to the natural reaction in the same way. Does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah, it totally does. Totally does. Because I feel like that's in this work. Of course, you know, I believe everybody needs all this work for all these reasons. But I feel like we've become so reactionary as a people. And and maybe maybe social media has played a part in that, has it? It certainly has, yeah. 
we're, we're waking up for the first time. We've had a handful of years where the entire world can talk to each other. Yeah. We've never had that before. No. And so we're just navigating what that looks like. And so people that don't feel very good about themselves get to be anonymous and powerful and say hateful, vengeful things and try to scare people and scam people and do all these things. And this will work itself out. We're, we're waking up into a, a, a world and we, we may have backtracks, right? We may tribalize more, but we're also moving to a place where we can all speak, we can all be heard. And that's very, very new. And so cultures are clashing and all kinds of things are happening. And it, it seems very chaotic. And I think that it may be messy for a little while longer, uh, but ultimately we're, we're learning how to talk to each other. Yeah. Which yeah. I mean, 50 years ago, there was nothing like that. A hundred years ago, there was, right. you know, it's only, it's only probably been, you know, a uh, hundred or 200 years where we've even known, you know, uh, really about other cultures in any kind of deep way. And so, yeah, yeah it's just, we're, we're, we're growing up, you know, as a, yeah. as a group. Yeah. I have another, I had another thought about resistance as you were, as you were answering my last question, I got to thinking about, and I'm thinking about my own people and, and the things that I see in here is busy a form of resistance. If I stay busy enough, I can resist what is, I can resist what you think about me. I can resist my reality. I don't have to deal with all those traumas and things that I don't even want to look at because I see us getting busier, staying busy, 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 busy. Talk to us about busy. For sure. So, you know, there is work addiction, right? As a, as a very real thing, there are uh, ways of being where we think that we're going to be validated if we get to somewhere in work, some form of accomplishment, something. There is, uh, we can get patterned where work, we've gotten some attention or, you know, uh, that's what dad always liked when I would work on the weekends and do stuff. So I, yeah, that's how I'm valuable. So because that's how I'm valuable, that's how I perceive being loved. So I'm, I have to go accomplish and work and work and work. And to your point, it's a way to focus a scattered, busy mind. I'm just going to focus on this and do it. I, I think there's a very popular narrative of I'm late. I'm busy. Ah. There's not enough time. Now, the very real part of this is we are dealing with more options, right? This is yeah. in, in the last handful of years, we're having more options at our attention. There's more platforms of people trying to talk to us. As I mentioned, we're all finally talking to each other. So, you know, it's not just the four people in our house that we have to navigate communicating with. There's 150 people in our Facebook or whatever that want to know if we're coming to the party next Friday. And then we have all the work requests and then there's email and then there's Twitter and I'm trying to follow this and I've got my Amazon purchases and it's overwhelming the places our attention needs to be. And if we really want to manage that, if we don't know how to set up boundaries and we don't know how to set up what's important, it can feel very busy. So there, there may be some real busyness in yeah. here. But again, this is a training uh, that, that we need to take on, which is, can I manage my attention from being in all these places? What does that need so that I can simplify that down and not feel like I'm all over the place? I think what you're talking about, though, even though there's some real stuff to this, uh, I think one of the big things that we have is this story of busyness, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm so busy. It's, it's the thing that we get to say that gets us out of being perfect. Right. So if we um, just like procrastination gives our sense of self an out to fantastic performance. So if I'm worried about my own self worth, um, I may choose to procrastinate 
because then I get to say to myself and maybe even to other people, well, if I'd really studied, I would have done much better on that. So it allows me to have a fake version of myself that's accomplished and who knows what the potential is. I could have been incredible, but I just procrastinated. Another form of that, if you don't choose procrastination, is busy, right? So I was too busy. I couldn't do that other thing. If I wasn't so busy, I would have been able to get all these other things done. I'm so effective. Look how busy I am. But I just didn't have the time for that. So I don't have to perform really well. It gives me an out and I get to have a fake version of myself that may be fantastic. All of that points to a I'm not enough kind of sense of self. And we hide behind the busy, we hide behind procrastination and it allows us to say, no, 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 there's probably a version of me that's amazing because we can be really scared that if I fully show up with my full self, my full attention, and then I fail, right? What I've done there is I've put my own worth out on my performance and I don't have a sense of inherent self-worth, right? So there's a very quick shortcut to fix all of that by uh, showing people how to have that direct connection to true inherent self-worth. And when that happens, all of a sudden confidence and effectiveness and all these things come in because you're really centered and you're, you're not lost in uh, this illusion of not being enough. Yeah. And I, 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 was, I already had the question in my mind, this has to be linked to self-worth. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting how you so, can feel it, right? You can feel it. Oh, yeah. 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 It's absolutely... I mean, I'm not enough is one of the most common uh, you know, uh, concerns that people have and that the clients that come to me, I mean, so many of them are just walking around, uh, you know, consciously, sometimes we find a little more unconsciously, you know, um, I'm not enough. It's very, yeah. think about it. It's very similar to I'm not there yet. Yeah. Right. Oh, for this sure. Isn't enough. I'm not enough. The world's not enough. And if I were to, in, if I were to invite you to sit and meditate and really be with this moment, but this moment isn't enough and I'm not enough. It's the last thing your brain's ever going to want to do. Yeah. I, I can't stay here. I got to go, man. I, yeah. so, I, I need to read a book or go do a push up or watch a show. Like, I can't be here. That's ridiculous yeah. because I'm not where I'm supposed to be. Right. Right. Which, how absurd is that? Because you can't be anywhere else than where you are. Right. And when you feel like you're not where you're supposed to be, you know, it's, it's really parallel. Think about when you feel late driving. Yeah. Right? There's two versions of being late. You could be objectively late. Like there's traffic. I'm not going to make it on time. But there's two kinds of people that react to that. One is, ah, you know, what are you doing? And I'm going to lose the opportunity and freaking out and freaking out. Yeah. And the other one is, you know what? The universe has played a bigger game. And this is where I am. And yes, I'm late. I'm going to apologize. I'm going to take accountability. But I don't have to stress over because there's nothing I can do about it. Like I just am where I am. How do those two people show up at the interview or whatever the appointment was? One is like, oh, I can't believe it, and excuses, yeah. and da 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 da, and all frantic. The other one is like, I'm, you know, really sorry I'm late. Traffic was tough and whatever, but it's nice to see you. And that other person is content where they are, even in the bad situation. I am where I'm supposed to be. Ownership of the idea that I'm ever in the wrong place. Like I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be because I'm here. Yeah. Right. So it's perfect. Doesn't mean I'm not going to try to be on time and be respectful, of course, but I'm in the right place. Yeah. Right. I, I like to think I, I went to a school reunion and I don't mean to just keep babbling, but I, I, I went to a high school reunion recently and I ended up kind of leaving because sometimes I, I don't always want to be in conversation. So I went and I sat down by myself and I have no problem 
sitting by myself, somebody came over like, oh my God, are you okay? Like, why are you alone? And all this stuff. And I was like, I'm, I'm fine. And she's like, well, why don't you come join the party? And I literally said back to her, I was like, oh, no, 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 no. This is where the party is. Like, I'm, I'm the party. Right. You, ta- you know, what right. are you talking about? And before you know it, people come over and they, you know, the, it moved people to where I was. Not that that's even important, but I, I never felt like I wasn't where I was supposed to be. Right. But right. look how important it was to her. To, oh, no, like that's not supposed yeah. to be that way. And it's like, no, 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 we're, it's fine. She had fear of missing out for you. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> she, so much because going on in her. Of what the party was supposed right. to be. And she didn't want anybody to have a bad time or feel right. left out or any of that stuff. Right? right. Because, yeah. Yeah. So it's funny. It's really it's funny. It's funny. And that busy then, uh, you know, it's all, it's so much of it's a rubber band ball, which is why we mm. need you to go in there and, un, uh, you know, or tang- as my friend would say, I'm sorry, I just handed you a tangled necklace. Yes. You know, <laughs> so right. much of it is like a tangled yeah. necklace. And here, Rob, here's my necklace. You know, what I, do? You you know, know? What I do? We throw that away and we say, you don't need to wear a necklace tonight. Solved. Yeah, <laughs> boy, see how easy it is? See yeah, how yeah. easy it is? You thought you needed that necklace. You didn't need the necklace. Yeah. No. Oh, I love that. What we think we need yeah. versus what we really need what you really are need probably two. Not the same thing at all. Yeah. Not even close. Yeah. Not even close. Even thinking about happy and, and ha- hacking happy is the name of the, the course. It hacking? is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We just released that. It's a part. People get it if they do the fundamental. Yeah. Party, so they get uh, yeah. with that. Yeah. I'm going to be looking at it this weekend, Ooh, but nice, I think, nice. I think even happy percent, you know, what, what is happy? What is mm-hmm. the percent, you know, and this is, I think the reality of happy might be different than some people. It's that, you know, that striving to be happy. Correct. No, no, no. Yeah. It's, yeah, you got you it all wrong. Get there. Right. Yeah. yeah. So happiness is something that you can actually manufacture and manifest yourself. That's the real way to do it. Uh, it is lovely. I mean, I'm not saying that other people can't make you happy and all those things, right. but your ability to feel that when those things are occurring and feel that when those things are not occurring is actually up to you. And so there's nothing outside yourself that's going to... And this sounds so trite. It sounds so oversimplified and stupid and other people have said it. So I don't want to just not give it the time and space that it needs. But what Hacking Happy really shows you is you can gain incredible emotional mastery. Uh, I do talk about this attention move uh, in there uh, in depth. And you, you actually see what it is to, to move your thinking and your attention around so that you can generate uh, meaning and thought that actually makes you feel happy, confident. Like you can oh, go wow. from sad to excited. You can go from depressed to happy. You can manufacture joy in the moment, right? And so, yeah, week one takes you through an example of that. Week two sort of shows you the meta tool that you can do for any of those emotions and how to not suffer and what you're doing with your attention, all that. And week three are these guided uh, visualizations with binaural beats that I created that Mm. are uh, really pattern in some of the top five mindsets that I think people need to have. And when you're done that, you have a completely different relationship to joy, fulfillment, happiness, your emotions, how to get over stuck stuff, all of it. It's really, really good. And so like what, 99% of the world needs that? I, yeah, probably more. Yeah, probably. Yeah. More. I mean, I, I think it's 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 ground level training for how to deal with your thinking and your emotions so that you can behave in a way that makes you, you know, really fulfilled and happy. Yeah. It's, it's it, training on how to be a better human. 
Yeah. Which, okay. Then 100%, I guess, (laughs) (laughs) you know, because that, and even when you said emotion, it's like, I think so much of that emotional response is coming from a desperation of suffering. Yeah. I I need you to know I'm mad because I need something to shift here. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. I think that people don't realize that everything you want, you want because of the way it's going to make you feel. Feel right? Everything you want, that car you want. Why do you want it? Well, I'm going to feel proud or I'm going to like the feeling when I see people look at me in it, or I'm going to like the acceleration through the curve. Like we're all trying to feel differently. Yeah, That's what we're doing with addiction. That's what we're doing everything. That is the that is the motivator, right? It's called emotion, right? It's the, it's the motivator. It's the thing that makes us move, right? It's, it's, it's the thing that we care most about. And we have no idea how to manage our, yeah. most of us, I should say, have no idea how to manage our own emotions in a way that's effective, simple, easy. It, and we, you know, so many of us just end up in therapy or you know, super sad and, and stuck in our relationships, stuck in our money, stuck in our health. You know, because if you don't feel good, what do you do? Maybe you eat too much. Yeah. If you don't feel good, maybe you drink too much. Maybe you start doing drugs. If you don't feel good, you know, and maybe you aren't the best partner to your, you know, maybe you decide to have an affair instead of, you know, uh, figuring out how to feel better in your uh, relationship or whatever. You know, it's, it's, this is the, it's, it's the key. So actually, let me, can I talk about the different programs? Cause I want to distinguish. Yeah, I was going to say, talk, talk about, tell us a, yeah. a, a little bit about each of, there's like five programs in, in there. Yeah, right? it's four four five? Five. yeah, it depends on how you think about it. It's like either six things, five program, four program. And okay. I'll try, I'll try and name them all. There's a lot in there. Uh, and it's all sort of at your own pace. So it's, yeah. you know, just, you can go through it all immediately or you can take your time with it. But I want to explain like the different things. I want to map consciousness. And I've already said some of this, but, you know, there is conscious mind going on. And we want to start with training about what's going on in your conscious mind, right? So we talked about reactive stuff and things that are unconscious yeah. to us. Yeah. Okay. My heartbeat's unconscious to me. My blinking reaction might be unconscious to me. There's, you know, my reaction to a hot stove might be unconscious to me. I'll become conscious of it really quickly, but the first move is, is usually ahead of our own consciousness. So we have this conscious mind, we have an unconscious mind or, or self, let's say, and then we have the doing part, right? So when I think about the conscious mind, I can train you in hacking happy, especially how to manage your conscious mind infinitely better than you are presently, right? You start to learn these moves with your attention. You start to get like where suffering comes from. You start to understand how to manage emotion. You start to get the base mindsets that matter. That's awesome. Okay. So let's say that you're an enlightened soul after that. You know how to manage your conscious mind better than you ever did before. And it's easy and simple and you're doing it and it works. Okay. Then there are two things that could persistently affect your conscious mind. Okay. One is everything in the world that you interact with, okay? So let's say you master your thinking to some great degree. What's going to affect your thinking if you have an addicted partner who's causing problems all the time? What if you have an abusive boss? What if you don't make enough money to survive or enough money to support your family in some way? These doing things outside yourself are going to continue. You may be able to manage the thoughts that come up, but they're going to cause, we don't have enough money thoughts or... I don't yeah. like when he treats me that way, or my friends are lying to me. You know, like we're going to continually be influenced by the outside world. You know, a marketing message affects how you think, yeah. right? 
right now, I'm going to say purple elephant. And anybody that heard that is going to now think of a purple elephant and the big purple ears and the trunk. Just listening to my voice is affecting how you think. So even if you can manage your conscious mind perfectly on your own, you're interacting with the world. We're getting news sources. We're getting, you know, I I mean, think about what the news has turned into. It's it's insanity. It's insanity. it's no longer news. It's, mm-hmm. it's you know, for-profit information that they're basically using triggers and, un, you know, unconscious fear and all these things to get yeah. us to keep paying attention, right? Yeah. And it's, it's causing all kinds of bad issues. So we're up against the outside world as well. So we need to manage yeah. how do we navigate that. The other place that can affect our thinking, if you're sitting in a white room, there's no stimulus at all. I leave you with your mind. Thoughts are going to come up. You don't know what you're going to be thinking a minute from now. You have no idea what you're going to be thinking a minute from now. Now, something outside could inspire a new thought or your unconscious mind could inspire a new thought because your unconscious mind is going to come up with all those old patterns. One of them might be, I'm not enough. Yeah. I'll never make enough money. Why don't my friends like me? Right? There's no stimulus making that happen. That's just coming up out of the ether. Right? Yeah. Now, it's it's not coming from anywhere here. It's coming from you, but it's not coming from your conscious mind. So what, what's happening there is the, that process of your thoughts coming up that way, we have to figure out how do we recode our unconscious mind too, okay? So when I started thinking about this, I wanted people to gain mastery in all three of those dimensions. We need to manage our own thinking and emotional state consciously, what we control, right? I yeah. can control my attention to some degree for sure. Then we have this external stuff. How do I set goals? I might actually need to get out of a relationship or start a new business project or do something? How do I m- use this mastery of attention to set up goals over time so that I can change my life externally? How do I make more money? How do I get healthier? How do I do this stuff? Right? And then if we can't master our unconscious mind, I don't care what kind of mastery you have over your conscious mind. If you have bad patterns popping up, it's going to be a whole lot to deal with. If every time... I'm not enough comes up. You have to deal with that in the conscious mind. We want to get down there and rewrite that stuff, right? Yeah. So the way that I think about it, hacking happy is really for that conscious mind. And we all want to begin there because if we don't have that mastery, it just doesn't matter. Yeah. Okay. If when you get to the unconscious stuff, how do I repattern that stuff? That's what the recode your mind program is about. Okay. So when you go in and you go through recode your mind, that's how you find your invisible limits. You know, what am I doing here? What should the new uh, pattern B, how do I pattern that in, et cetera. So that's the Recode Your Mind program. And then we have for planning and external stuff, we have Future Now, which okay. is goal setting and planning and what's the most important thing and what's my big purpose and all that stuff. And then we have the live coaching and the community that are all supporting kind of all of this together, right? So how do I change my conscious mind, my unconscious mind, and my accomplishment and my productivity and my doing, right? Get all that together get access to me, get access to the group, et cetera. Um, and then the Fundamental Shift Coaching Group itself has a member area that has content itself yeah. and you know, video of the last call and all the different stuff in there. Uh, and so all of that together, you can kind of start where you need to. Yeah. Come in, set a goal for the month. Let's talk about what challenges you're facing externally. Do you need to work on your conscious mind? Do you need to work on your unconscious mind? Do you have a, some planning you need to do? Do you want to support or be supported in the community? That's all available to people. And we've just made it you know, ridiculously affordable because I don't want to price anybody out on this stuff. Yeah. And I will say ridiculously affordable. Yeah. yeah. Like I just, you, you just cannot miss this opportunity. Yeah. I just couldn't believe it when I saw it. Yeah. 
access yes, yes. to you for that price and all yeah. the all of that yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I'm so excited you like yeah. it. Yeah. It's great. Well, it's game changing. It's life changing stuff. Mm-hmm. It's it, you know, above and beyond anything else you can do, to me, this is where it's at. Yeah. Changing your mind. Yeah, changing yourself. If what's so yeah. fun is now I'm seeing people talk about the programs in this Facebook group, right? So opening <gasps> it up and kind of pointing people to support that. People are going in and sharing what their homework was, sharing their breakthrough, sharing a gratitude, talking about what their goal is for the month. And so now in that community, the people, and again, it's sort of two tiers. The free thing is the community. Yeah. That's what we're talking yeah. about. You get that. Yeah. And then the coaching is the is the really low price, um, you know, all access pass. And the people that are in the coaching are going through the programs. And I think that's really helpful to the people that aren't in the coaching yet too. Because uh, they, get to, they get to realize like, oh, there's a, there's a thing. And yeah. people are sharing what they learned. And so it's, it's, it's just helping even if you haven't invested. Uh, but for those that are investing, there's just, there's, that's, that's the place. That's where there's so much good stuff. So, so much. Yes. Yeah, so much. Well, I'm going to put the link in the show notes. And again, I'm going to strongly encourage my audience to join. I'm in there. I, you know, it's only, we just started. Yeah. It's already amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be going through some of those courses this weekend. So I'll probably be the one that sits down and does them all in the same day. (laughs) (laughs) And then, and then I'll, and then I'll go back and kind of have you on on play in the background as yeah. I go through my day, you know, Do just it. to kind of keep it. me on track. Right? I love it. I love <laughs> it. Yeah. If that, if that gets you there, uh, absolutely do it. It's, it's really, really good. Yeah. And it is good. You know, I was one of those, I got it. I got it. I got, I'm going to go alone. Yeah. I got this. Cause that was a link to that. Well, I'll prove I'm good at, you know, all that. Mess. By the way, I'm like participating in this too. So this isn't like, I'm Mr. Guy up here just teaching and doing that. I got off the call and I, this thing I have is because a client heard about some of the goals that I was talking about in the, in the call. He hit me up privately after and he's like, oh, you got to get whoop and you, know, oh, if you wow. want to get it through my yeah. list. So I literally just got this because of a client. I, uh, somebody recommended a, a, a back care book because I had a really bad back before and I was oh, talking about that. As yeah. well. but like I'm getting fed by the community and being helped also. So yeah. it's, it, I'm trying, I'm not trying to be a leader of this. I'm trying to create a community that can facilitate within itself real personal growth and, and change uh, and, and just make it either free if it needs to be or, you know, incredibly affordable yeah. for those that uh, really want to get all the stuff. And, um, you know, as I mentioned, the only other thing, and I hate that it, we're, we're talking about all this so much, but the only other thing is the deepest, deepest work I do uh, I'm, I'm also making this uh, as affordable as I can uh, is the identity shifting mastermind. And that's the intensive with me over six yeah. weeks. That's, that's just craziness. And so, yeah, yeah, those are this fundamental shift coaching, the free community and identity shifting. That's what I've simplified everything down to. And all my programs are in that, that yeah. uh, entry level coaching program. So, but that, yeah. but, but that mastermind, that's like full on. Oh, it's you it's, full on fix deep fixing shadow it work. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, okay. We do timeline stuff. We do story casting. We do repatterning. Yeah. You get me a lot. You get my team making sure that you're going through the homework. It is a six week. You will be a different human being six yeah. weeks later. It is. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, you can have that kind of transformation by going through like what's in Recode is you get that in identity shifting. But you get me like watching you and editing your stuff and really, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's other level uh, access to me. And it's, it's an intensive. Uh, yeah. It's funny, Sarah on my team, 
we were thinking about, could we do that over a, like a long intensive weekend with ah. people? And so we, we don't have that really fully planned out yet, but I'm trying to, I know that like fast breakthrough is really interesting to people. Yeah. And so, you know, if you were to get the identity shifting mastermind, have this breakthrough as quickly as we can get it to you and then stay in the community just to be close to yeah. me, you know, like that's, that's going to be, that's going to be the way to do it. You know, it's, yeah. it's good. And I just want to, I just want to help people with this. That's all. Well, and would something like that be live or online? If you, uh, if you go the, if you go the weekend route. I, we haven't figured that out. Yet, you're still I, working I, on I that. I'd love to do it live. Wouldn't it be it'd, fun? It'd be amazing to. Do oh my that. gosh, it'd be incredible. Yeah, it'd be great. Uh, yeah, but you know, but a virtual weekend too would be incredibly powerful. And it's, it's sure. I mean, what we can do, you and I. I mean, I literally feel like you're in the room right now. We're, we're <laughs> I know, right? I think, you know, I think you're just recording audio, but we're looking at each other. We're doing this. Yeah, audio, and it's it's we it's really cool what we can do virtually. Also, oh yeah, yes, I I do have a goal to do more live things with people. So. Yeah. Uh, we'll and see. that, and that'll start in February. You're going to we'll run the mastermind we'll start, we'll start in February. Mastermind in February. Yeah. Okay. And uh, actually I do want to share too. I almost forgot to mention, we are going to hand out a, a handful of partial scholarships that are significant. So if people can't Whoa. afford it, but okay. they talk to me and they want to check it out. Um, so yeah, we can, I can give you that link too. Yeah, that for sure. Well. Uh, that's an application process. You have to talk to me and okay. so you just apply, let me know your situation. And uh if uh, if it's a scholarship thing or you need some type of of help, uh, I'm opening that up to as many people as I can. So that's I amazing. That really affordable as well. Yeah. Well, I know you're on a mission, just like I am, to serve yeah. as many people as possible and change as many lives as possible before you yeah. leave this planet. And it's so so great to see. And and he has Rob has been one of the most relatable people I've ever met. I've ever had on the show since the day I met him. Since today, as a total stranger, I reached out and said, yeah. hey, this is who I am. I'd love to have you on the show. And it's like, I've known you my whole life. It feels really good. Yeah, I feel yeah. really close with you as well. It's nice. Thank yeah. You. And Thank I think you. everybody feels that way. You know, you just get in there and, and, and do your thing. And it's, it's what a gift, what a joy to the world. And um, I thank you so much for every time you come, you just yeah. enlighten us and give us so much information, so oh, many good. wonderful life-changing things in our time together. So I know my audience loves you and I just love having you on the show. So thank you so much for coming again and and giving us so much. I'm so glad to be here. I will see you in the group. I will. We'll do this again next year, if not sooner. For sure. For (laughs) sure. For sure. Happy new year to everybody. I'm so glad to be back. This has been great. Yeah. And happy new year to you and And thank you, listeners. As always, I value you so much as well. But that's it for today. I'm going to wrap it up. So until I see you next time, you know what to do. Get out there and speak your truth. Just do it beautifully. Thanks for listening to Captivate the Room with Tracy Goodwin. You can reach out to her at CaptivateTheRoom.com and be sure to grab the voice formula, a free video series that will help you start making a bigger impact with your voice today. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave a review on iTunes. 